Welcome to Empower Humans. Welcome again to the Empower Humans podcast. This is episode 62, my friends. I'm so excited to bring you this interview with the one and only Ray Luzier. Corn has a new album coming out right now, September 13th, Friday the 13th, along with KXM, which is another band he's in, both coming out on Friday the 13th. The Nothing is the name of the album from Corn. Circle of Dolls is the album from KXM. And uh, so excited to bring this interview because we covered so much, uh, everything from the album, which, by the way, Ray tells us is the best corn experience to date. And uh, he's an insider, so let's take his word for it. There's so much buzz surrounding this album, both these albums. And and so I hope everyone's going to go out, buy the albums, buy them on iTunes, do whatever you got to do, support these bands. They put in a ton of work. We talked about that in our uh, conversation here. Uh, we talked a lot about Korn's history and, and his background, Ray's background in particular, some musical influences, uh, touring. A lot of people asked, and we had some fan questions, and we actually covered quite a few. Some of you we named by name, so thank you for those questions. My apologies for any mispronunciations of names uh, or also any questions we didn't get to. I've made note and highlighted some of those questions for next time. So listen for all that stuff and some some great answers, too. A lot of people asked about the tour, uh, whether it be in Europe or Oregon and Washington and Brazil and all over the world. Corn has fans everywhere, and it's just incredible. So uh, I hope you're all excited for this. I want to remind you, as always, our audience, you are absolutely priceless. The riches are found in you, my friends. It's not all the other stuff around us. Don't let anyone convince you anything other than that. You are absolutely priceless and beautiful and amazing. And also, the other thing, you are never alone. So don't ever think otherwise. Reach out. Reach out to me uh, at Empower101 on Instagram and Twitter, EmpowerHumans.com, info at EmpowerHumans.com. Send me a direct uh, message there on our contact page. Uh, friends, neighbors, don't ever feel alone. I just want you to remember that. And uh, also, uh, remind you, shifting gears here, we've got some uh, Empower Humans podcast merch for free that we're going to be offering you as well. So watch for that through the podcast page, empowerhumans.com slash podcast. The only thing you're going to have to cover is some basic shipping. And also, we're going to give you an opportunity to donate to some worthy causes out there as part of the uh, transaction. If you get some merch, not an obligation, but something that I think could be uh, a benefit for kind of a win-win for all involved. So uh, watch for that as well. Go to the empowerhumans.com slash podcast page. And uh, just excited to bring you this interview. Some of you asked, by the way, about sending drawings for corn or for Ray. Send those to me. DM them at Empower101. And I'll do my best to get them in front of uh, Ray and the others if necessary. Anything else, by the way, I also want to point out at B as in boy, page 3K has a movement going for uh, his dad, I believe. Uh, hashtag a new heart for Brian. Uh, this all came about as part of our uh, push to get uh, questions and comments for corn. And so I want to kind of put a plug for that. Go donate for that cause as well. Hashtag a new heart for Brian. And uh, maybe some of you can help with that as well. So without further ado, here is our interview with the one and only incredibly talented, most professional guy in music, Ray Luzier of both corn and KXM. Here we are again with the one and only Ray Luzier of Corn, and uh, we've got two albums coming out this week, both on Friday the 13th of September. Circle of Dolls yes. for KXM and The Nothing with Corn. Uh, hey, Ray, how you doing? I'm awesome. That's, uh, yeah, two, uh, un it's an unlucky day, but it's very lucky for uh, my two bands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, lucky for all the fans. I mean, there's so much buzz right now surrounding this, re both these releases and everything Korn's doing. It just seems like Korn's just getting more and more popular <laughs> as the days, months, weeks, years go by. 
And you know, it's, it's uh, we're really lucky, and and I feel blessed to, to be. I mean, the band's been around 25 years now. This is October starts my 13th year, and it's just it's insane how. I mean, a lot of bands that's been around this long usually are playing clubs or they're riding out on the couple of hits they had back in the day. Yeah. The cool thing about Corn is we stay current. You know, we're always writing new music. We're trying to. I mean, we put a dubstep record out in 2012. I mean, we're not afraid <laughs> to take yeah. chances, and you know what I mean. And, yeah. Uh, this this past tour really proved where we're at. I mean, that we went out with Allison Chains and everything sold out, if not close to selling out, every single shed and arena, and it was just a just a great <laughs> feeling, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I had the privilege of seeing you guys recently in Albuquerque, my hometown, and yeah. uh, great experience all around. Day after my birthday, so even better. And uh, nice. now, and, and as I watch you guys perform, and you in particular. Uh, you know, I live in Vegas now, and watching your drumming almost kind of feels like a Cirque du Soleil show, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, and which I mean as the utmost compliment, because people often mesmerize just watching you play because it's yeah, acrobatic, sticks flying, spinning, one-handed on you know song. We talked about this, Got the Life and stuff. How important <laughs> is it, Ray, to have fun both individually and as a band and maybe change it up every show? How important is all that? You know, I, I just... I'm, I'm... I've always been it's a pet peeve of mine to go to a rock show or something that's kind of heavily involved, and I see a drummer with that waiting for the bus look on his face. Yeah. I just, that, nothing drives me more nuts. And granted, I'm not saying that you should be a ham back there, but you know, I learned from David Lee Roth years ago that you know he'd always tell me, "Lose your people are paying good money to see you too. Yeah. So don't sip, don't be boring back there." So I was like, that was a big deal to me, and I took that. I learned a lot of things about show business off of David Lee Roth and he's one of the kings of it of all yeah. time. So, you know, and let alone, I grew up in a giant marching band um, mm -hmm. kind of era. I was in marching for quite some time where you had to spin sticks in, in unison in, in, in time. <laughs> and, and I just, I never really wanted to be a show off or anything. I just wanted to bring some of that visual aspect to the stage and look like I, I hundred percent play like column feeling, you know, I'm feeling that, aggression and i'm feeling that rage because the music calls for it. there's not exactly uh love balance in court so. yeah not generally but <laughs> yeah. uh valuable priceless music nonetheless and no better guy to learn from david lee roth and these others that you've associated with over the years now tell me when we talk about uh this time with david lee roth for example and i remember you told me some time ago now for those who don't know david lee roth was a van halen and just legend and music. Zippity bop. Yeah, yeah. And I love the guy. Didn't you run into Alex Van Halen in LA one time during your tenure with Dave since you brought up Dave? I, I did. You know, the Van Halen brothers are very uh, seclusive. They're very like, they don't, you know, they're just never out. They never play on other people's records except for that little song called Beat It that Michael Jackson did. But uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, little song. They're, they're not much you know, out there. So I was living in Encino, California at the time in the Valley. And, uh, I'm at this taco stand where I used to love their fish tacos. And I went, <laughs> lo and behold, Alex Van Halen was there with his, with his then wife. And, and I just, and I just finished the song slam dunk, the very first single off the David Lee Roth record, uh, DLR band. Yeah. And I was just so, I could never met the guy. I just wanted to, I'm like, I'm not going to bother him. Cause I, sometimes I get bummed when people bug me when I'm eating. So I just, but I couldn't resist because it was just me and him and his girl. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I go, hey, Al, uh, this is a funny story, but I'm working <laughs> with your old singer right now, and I'm in his band. And he looked back at me like, oh, really? <laughs> and, and it was just a really surreal moment. And I said, uh, 
Yeah, I'm on the song, and, and I was very inspired by you because it's double bass shuffle, and Hopper Teacher was one of my biggest, you know, favorite songs to play, and oh, yeah. and uh, and it's just a pleasure to meet you. And he was very nice and said, "Hey, good luck." And you tell Diamond I said hi, and I'm like, "Yeah, I absolutely will." So it was a good moment. <laughs> you were instrumental in bringing them all back together. So yeah, uh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, where's my check? <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll put in a good word for you. You told you said before that Kiss was wasn't that your favorite band growing up aside from Van Halen, of course. Yeah, uh, and, and Corn can't stand Kiss. It's pretty funny because they they <laughs> just like lose ear. How'd you possibly listen to that stuff? And I'm like, hey, when you're on a 118 acre farm in the middle of nowhere, uh, <laughs> it, it's no one really tells you what to listen to. It's still my sister's, you know, Ozzy, Kiss, Ted Nugent. Black Sabbath, whatever yeah. records I could get my hands on, yeah. and Kiss was on the cover of everything's in the in the late seventies like that. So I just I just bought Kiss records, and I became not only just liking their music, but I they were just like cartoon characters to me. They weren't real. I mean, <laughs> you know, I would collect the comic books and, and put the puzzles together and buy the makeup, and wow. I was pretty obsessed for a very long time. And uh, about a year or no, like six months ago, I took my kids to see Kiss because I wanted them to see the last tour you know that they're doing and it was really special to me that now i'm kind of friends with those guys and they mm -hmm. were very nice and, and had us backstage and i got you know paul stanley's holding my youngest and it's just a, it's a pretty surreal you know that's awesome now, and how does that influence bands like kiss contribute to what we all see and enjoy from you now <laughs> oh, it's all in the blood and it's all in the vocabulary i, I got when i you know, was growing up it, i mean there's a I just remember as a kid, you put on like Rush moving pictures and you put on ACDC back in black and you're like, why is ACDC way easier to play than Rush? And you just, because you don't know as a kid that you're playing odd times or there's more drum fills or you're trying to take on more things, but it all contributes to what you are today. You know, it's like I've been, I've been really lucky to be able to do nothing but play drums for a living my whole entire life. Um, I only had one side job when I moved to LA and it was like, um, you know, that's a, I feel very lucky. I know a lot of uh, very talented musicians working in coffee shops and it's a, it's a crime to me because, um, you know, just because you're good in the music business doesn't mean you always get that break. So, yeah. um, and I, it wasn't easy for me at all. I mean, I, I had many failed original bands. I had, you know, as you know, I did a lot of sessions and I taught at uh, musicians Institute for quite some time. And, you know, I did everything from playing on movie soundtracks to, uh, teaching drum lessons to, you know, Jake Lee, David Lee Roth, Arcade, Army of Anyone, every, you know, anyone I could to just get in the business, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's true. Showbiz, music, acting, whatever it is, there's a lot of talented folks, not always space for everyone, but also, you know, you did, you put in the work. I mean, tell me about your work ethic. <laughs> yeah, it, well, coming from the farm, I, I, people laugh, but it's, it's really true. There's a, no one... You know, it, the city people, I always joke with them because I'm like, man, I'd love to see some of my city friends that really grew up in, you know, downtown Manhattan just to throw them in the farm for one year to see how <laughs> they survive. Because it's, it's no joke, man. It's like, you know, it's a, yeah. it's, you work, we wake up and you're bailing a hay or a hay field, you know, before you even go to school. And there's no such thing as nine to five. And, oh, we, you know, let's go watch this latest TV show. You're working until yeah the sun goes down you know and it's mm -hmm. like you're, you're there that work ethic when it's embedded in your brain like that since you were you know born till you're 18 it kind of carries on to your natural life you know yeah. so when i go after something i go after it tenfold there's no slouching you know if i uh, you know up to up until the corn gig you know they told me to learn six songs i learned 33 to 35 yes you know, it's just 
that's just you just do that it's just part of my blood you know don't get me wrong i could be really lazy sometimes <laughs> but, well. but you know the, the general consensus of me of my being and where i've got today is definitely a lot of hard work found the pavement uh networking to a ton of people and let alone practicing your balls off you know yeah well, i'm glad you point out an element of what you call laziness which is just relaxation once in a while i mean it keeps you sane obviously but you yeah do i'm yeah and now i got kids i got a four and eight year old and they really keep me grounded you know there's no such thing as uh daddy's a rock star it's like that's great dad you're just on a big rock tour uh we're going to the park and then after that we're going to chuck e cheese and by the way <laughs> we're going to go to this uh obstacle course later and you know it's just it's non-stop you know yeah. yeah it's work hard play hard that's just the way it is and uh yep. And I'm glad you brought up the thing about this. I was actually about to ask you that about the songs. You already mentioned it. You learned 33 songs. Now, how 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 long did it take you to learn that? You must have known some already in a nutshell, I, some of these songs. I was a fan. When I was in a band called Army of Anyone with uh, Richard from Filter and the Leo Brothers from Stone Temple Pilots, um, yeah. Richard and I became buddies. And he goes, hey, man, I'm going to go see Corn." I'm like, you know, I've never seen them. And I've always liked their stuff and <laughs> really dug the way, you know, let's face it, when when – STP, Soundgarden, Allison Chains, all those bands came out in the 90s. Corn yeah. kind of carved up right through the middle of everyone and said, no, we're going to sound like this. We're not going to follow no the Seattle sound or whatever's happening. Um, and I always admired that about them. I never forget the first time I heard Blind, just to hear that riff and going, wow, this is just out of control. You know? Yeah, made you um, mosh. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it was really just a unique sound and reckless and nothing was... You know, Ross Robinson just made them play with angst and just, it was just crazy. Five punks from Bakersfield that did great, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, when I, uh, I just totally lost my train of thought. I looked, looked over to the, to the right, and that's that's my ADD kicking <laughs> Well, I mean, we're <laughs> talking, yeah, we're Would talking you about, me? you went to, well, you're talking about you went to see Corn and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> this one of your bandmates from Army of Anyone. <laughs> look, 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 a squirrel. <laughs> no. um yeah yeah so anyway richard took me to the corn show and i was like just blown away i couldn't believe i never saw him live and why is this the first time i've gone you know and uh and then army of anyone and corn had the same managers and so towards the end of um army of anyone which i didn't want it to end i really loved that band and i wanted to great band do, uh, yeah thanks i wanted to do records two three and four and unfortunately i knew wyland was going to get back in stp eventually i just didn't know that quick you know um it was, it was you know we came out around that time velvet revolver and all these what they call super group people were coming out and uh i really loved that band and and so every time i'd go over the uh, our, our management in beverly hills uh prospect park they were called i'd say hey what's up with corn you know they got i heard they had terry bozio play on the record and that david guy quit and next thing you know you know, Brooks Waxman's played on the track, and uh, Jonathan Davis, the singer, even played on a couple songs on Untitled. And then manager goes, well, check this out. They got Joey Jordison from Slipknot filling in for Family Values. I'm like, man, why don't they get a drummer? <laughs> you know? And uh, and here we are, almost 13 years later. It's like I, uh, um, he called me up and said, man, you should go up and play with Korn. Um, Joey's last gigs in Seattle coming up. You should go up there and play a couple tunes with a band. And I'm like, man, you know, I, okay that's, mm -hmm. that's like you don't join corn that's that, those are those guys and <laughs> no one can do what they do and he's like they really love your uh, army of anyone record why don't you give it a try so that's what i did yeah, yeah sounds like you did because here we are and uh and i by the way there's video of all this on youtube not maybe the whole thing but there's clips and so on of, of you auditioning yeah. 
and uh, and them asking you to to come to Europe and all that stuff. So it's it's an awesome surreal moment. And uh, and speaking of bands evolving, since Head came back into the band, how has the dynamic changed from the time he was away from Corn? Yeah, it's funny because when he got in, I was in the band. You know, he was out almost as long as I was in the band. So it was kind of a crazy uh, twist. Yeah. But I I always wanted to hear what it would sound like with the four original and me, you know, ever since I joined the band yeah. and I love James Schaefer's amazing workhorse in the studio. And he really puts in the effort and time and, and fieldy, you know, when we're all in there, when it was just us four, it was a totally different work ethic because, you know, there was always this element that you could tell James was like, man, you know, he, not that he wasn't capable cause he's definitely capable. Um, um, he has wrote some great music and I, I love that see you on the other side record that's without brian um yeah but he when john when when jonathan and everyone you know we confronted him with that one show um to get up and, and jam blind with us uh the carolina mm-hmm. rebellion show it's on youtube you can check it out uh yep the crowd crowd went absolutely mental and when i you know i had the best seat in the house on up on the kit you know on the riser and, yeah and I looked down and I just saw them rocking out and the smiles and the vibe. And I was just like, oh, this has to happen. You know, it just, <laughs> and, and it wasn't right away. You know, we didn't want to rush anything. James told him, he says, hey, man, the door's open if you ever feel like coming back. And he says, yeah, not right now, but that felt really good, you know. And then lo and behold, a few months went by. They spoke again, and he says, let's get together and write some songs, because maybe <clears throat> maybe that magic's gone. You never know. Sometimes, just because you wrote giant hit records and you sold 44 million records doesn't mean you're, mm-hmm. you can still do it. Some people move on mentally. they they not in the right zone. Yeah. So, uh, But when he got in the studio, just instantly cracked jokes, and me and him are so sarcastic with each other, just <laughs> ripping on each other like high school kids, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just... What a vibe and chemistry. And then I saw the way Monkey and Head work off of each other, and that blew me away. The smallest, minute, little detailed thing with Head will play something, a Monkey will answer, or vice versa. And, oh, hey, you play this part, I'll play this part. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is what this yeah. band's missing. So, I mean, obviously, I'm proud of Corn 3, and I, I, as reckless as that record was to make, um, there's some really cool stuff on there that I love. But the last, you know, from Paradigm Shift, The Serenity of Suffering, to now the nothing coming out which is my favorite record that we've ever done um it's just it's everyone's in a totally different zone right now this is the best i've ever heard jonathan sound you know monkey and heads parts are just insane Fieldy's playing like he's never played before i feel like i've reached a new plateau with the band and it's just a a great time that's exciting as heck and and the songs we've heard so far from the album uh passionate uh, just intense, cohesive. Uh, the band sounds as, as good or better than ever. And exactly. is yep. there any sort of theme message uh, with this album as well? I mean, we know the title is The Nothing. Anything you want to say about that? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously everyone knows Jonathan went through a really tra- traumatic, we all did, uh, traumatic yeah. experience last year with the loss of his wife. And mm-hmm. um, it, we, it was right in the middle of the solo tour that I was playing on. Um, and everyone check out the, his record, Black Labyrinth. It's really great. Great record. Um, we went out to support that. And I really thought that, okay, wow, this is not good. Like, uh, who knows when he's going to get, you know, get back in the headspace of wanting to tour and record again. And he called us up and said, if I don't go out and play, I'm going to lose my mind because that's 
that's yeah. my therapy he said you know mm-hmm. and, and that is for a lot of people that's why a lot of people come to our shows they want to get away from their nine to fives and they want to release and rock out and hear loud music and cut loose you know so yeah, yeah. that was really huge of him to keep playing and keep touring and then when he got in the studio of course a lot of this just had to come out um so it's definitely a darker record and it's but in a I mean, I li- if you listen to that thing from front to bottom, I had to stop listening to it because it's so mentally exhausting in a great way. It's wow. like a, it just takes you on this journey, and it and it's like by the last note of his breath that you hear on the record, just like, okay, that was heavy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, so yeah. and I think everyone's gonna feel that. There's no faking the emotion that that's on this record. You know, what I mean, we've trapped it for sure. Yeah. No, that sounds incredible. And again, so much buzz and excitement. The songs we've already you've already released are just incredible. By the way, I, I got a bunch of fan questions, and I want to get to some of these. I, literally, I got dozens and dozens sure, and dozens. Away. And and uh, and and I like that dynamic from what we did last time, where it was just chatting drums and and good interview. All in all, go yeah. back listen. To, I think it's episode thirty six. I think, but. Uh, I wanted to get some fan involvement here and shout out to these groups on Facebook, children of the corn and cornfield and, uh, on Instagram galore across the board, just everybody <laughs> just excited. What, we have such great people make up these sites and these Instagrams and they're such yeah. great people and, and they really take time out of their days to do posts and, and post news on us. And they're really shout out to everyone out there for, for, being a part of us and keeping us alive because it's because of you guys we are you know absolutely so, thank you yeah yeah great great fans and i've gotten to know even more corn fans <clears throat> over the years i've been a fan myself since the beginning and right. uh, some of the greatest people around we they may yeah. we may have tattoos may any number of things and excellent excellent people across the board don't, don't stereotype because you never know who, sometimes, sometimes the tattoo dreaded guy next to you is way more wholesome than the the guy in the suit. You I know. know. That's our message. <laughs> Let's pass that around, everybody. Uh, the corn yep. fans already know all this. Plus, band members have tons of tattoos, uh, yep. exception of you. <laughs> I don't. I have none yet. I'm just gonna. I'll go off the deep end in a few years and just get face tattoos or something. I don't know. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> and. Let's get into some of these. And we talk about the tour, uh, excuse me, the the recording. Um, one question I had as a fan, and this is just a silly question, but when you're in the studio, you're not throwing sticks around and all that, are you? <laughs> or are you? Uh, I, I juggle. I do this whole <laughs> juggling act to make sure it gets on capture on tape. No, um, no I'm very focused, obviously, in the studio. But I, I want to also, like, especially on the nothing, I played all those drum takes from start to finish. A lot of drummers do this thing where they – and guitar players, vocalists, so they punch every couple bars. So they'll sing a little bit or they'll play drums for, say, the verse. And then they'll go get the next verse. And then they'll go back and do the choruses. Nick Resculinix, our producer, which I love, he's one of my favorites of all time, um, had me play the songs. He's like, nope, you're on stage right now. How would this sound? And I was like, wow, that's a totally different approach than okay, the red light's on, everyone get up tight and, and get nervous, and mm. it wasn't like that. So I was literally rocking out in the studio this time, and it felt so good, you know, um, especially on the song Cold and, and um, You'll Never Find Me, the first two uh, singles. It just, you know, those songs, I'm just, I'm literally in there playing, having fun, you know, and if yeah. I messed something up, I'd go back and fix a blatant mistake, but for the most part, he wanted that vibe on there you know um, yeah. monkey and monkey and head track the guitars together head to head just like they did on serenity of suffering and there's a special element about that because 
the one guitar player doesn't want to mess up because the other one's going to have to do it over and vice versa. So mm. um, that was really cool, that vibe on here. Yeah, so all depending, leaning on each other. And I think you can feel all the things you're describing on these songs. Uh, oh, it, yeah. And, and Sean Lawton asked from a Facebook group, Children of the Corn, he said, uh, do you use click tracks? And of course, uh, no judgment. We're just curious was kind of what he's asking. Do you use click tracks yeah, in studio? We did. Um, the last record we didn't use click tracks was Corn 3. Ross was really, Ross Robinson wanted that vibe of the first two Corn records where we just, you know, we're all humans. Not, let's not let any machine get in the way. And that's, I respect that to an extent. And then sometimes you want that click track to be your guide. Like, I don't really lock in with the click as much as some drummers do. Mm. I just use it as a reference. Like, okay, I don't want to speed this part up or slow this down because the machine's telling me here's the time. So <laughs> for, for the non-musicians out there that don't know what a click track is, it's basically a, a, a machine that you hear a side stick and the side stick is programmed to a certain beats per minute. So um, it lets you know where exactly the time is and, and you can... As a professional musician, as I think I am, you try to play around <laughs> Absolutely. that. So I'll, I'll may, I might be able to hold a verse back and rush the chorus a little bit, even though the click is in the same spot. Cause it's a feeling you can give the song, you know. So, yeah, yeah. on the last, the last uh, three records, we've used click. Yep. Yeah, and okay, that's good to know. And I'm glad you explained what that all means, because, again, us musicians, I guess, take for granted some of the terminology sure. here. And uh, But, yes, we human musicians sometimes might speed up or so there's emotion in a song and all these things. And so these click tracks help keep, keep things. Well, here's the in. thing, like in, in, the records are permanent. I mean, we're all yeah. gone. These records outlive us. So that's <laughs> what kind of sticks in my head. Like when you, if you, that moment frozen time that you're performing, that's it. Like once it's down and, and in my opinion, these days too much is fixed up. Like you can, these drummers and guitar players and everyone are playing sloppy and they don't really care because they know they're going to get fixed up in the machine. And I kind of hate that because, you know, people like myself have worked very hard to get to a certain level where here's what we sound like. And then when you get, you know, there's nothing worse than hearing a band's record and going to see them live and going, Oh, they don't sound nothing like the record. They're not that good. You know? Yeah. So it's, and I'm not saying we don't fix anything because we do, it's, it's permanent, but we don't, as much i would say <laughs> yeah you know what i mean no and but it, and it shines through in the live show i mean you guys yeah. of the many bands i've been a fan of and seen live you guys are among the very top in terms of both studio recording and live performance and just yeah, getting thanks. the the uh, audience involved and the the lighting and of course the theatrics of your drum everything is just locked down and, and your sound guy everything just sounds amazing so it's Cool, thanks. And uh, now, the guy named Norbert here on Facebook also asked, "What do you have a favorite song on the Nothing?" I do, and it's funny because um, I have. Well, I'm kind of married to all of them right now because they're such like it's like we're, like we're giving birth to this record on Friday, you know, uh, which is the 13th. Um, <laughs> it's there's a song called "Harder" on there that almost didn't make it, and. Sometimes musically, like we had so many ideas, probably 25, 26 songs we tracked. And when you sh when you shave that down to 13, it's painful because you you, you get attached to these things. They're, they become your, your children. And uh, I remember in the studio going, what do you mean this, this one's not going to make it? You can't be serious. And then, uh, <laughs> but, but then when you hear the one you didn't think was going to make it, you're like, oh, wow, it's way cooler than I thought it was. Mm. Well, Harder is one of those tunes where, it was um, 
resonated with all of us. John was going different directions with it. And he's like, you know what? I don't know if this one's going to cut it. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just knocked that freaking thing out of the park. Like, it's, it's just, it's like, hang on. It's just got all the elements of old corn, but with today's production and today's playing, wow. how we play it. And that's one of my favorites. I love a song called Idiosyncrasy. Um, John called us up when me, Head, Bildy, and uh, Monk were writing one day. And he says, like think pantera think something like really just heavy and aggressive and yeah and i love the way that song turned out it's really um that's another one of my favorites uh the mm -hmm. new single can you hear me that's another i just love the melody of that it just came out so great and john knocked it out of the park again you know yeah yeah i can't wait to hear some of these and and you talk about the writing of the songs angelique <laughs> almansa asked did did you write any of the songs i mean it's obviously a, a uh collective effort as a band uh and then uh, it, it, yeah it's a group effort i mean it has been the last uh, several records we all get in a room um it's it's a lot of times it's me head monkey uh and then fieldy comes in this time it was all five of us i mean john would come to the studio in la we did some of it in nashville head and i live in nashville you have the three in la so we'd go back and forth uh to respective studios and um and it was definitely a collaborative thing on this record, which is, um, I think you can hear that vibe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, she also was asking, uh, let's see, how the heck did you become so amazing at your <laughs> at your profession? <laughs> we already talked <laughs> well, about your work ethic and I, I, experience. I appreciate I thank her for that, and that's nice. It's a nice compliment. But in my head, I have uh, light years to go. It's kind of weird. I, I'm, I'm my worst critic. You know, I'm on yeah. probably, I don't know how many, over 100 records now. And I could honestly say I can only pop about 10 of them in and turn them up and go, yes, this is awesome. Because, like, I'm just, I always listen to records. And I'm like, oh, man, I could have did that better. Oh, I should have put that fill here. This group could have been this. I yeah. just, I don't know what it is, you know. And that's, it's, it's weird. And that's a weird thing. I know a lot of musicians that are just like listen how amazing i sound on this and i'm like how do you say that yeah <laughs> I, i've just never been that guy at all you know i'm always thinking i can do better i'm always pushing myself to uh and i think that's the beauty about um any instrument you can always be better on it and learn more put more vocabulary in your head you know yeah and i think that's true across the board whether it's in music business uh various yeah. other endeavors in life People yep. who succeed, excel at these things, or have that kind of mindset that it's you're just light years away all the time. It doesn't mean you don't have yep. some level of satisfaction as you hit milestones along the way and you sure. record a new album, but uh, sure. never quite. And we talked about that before too, about because I was like, well, hey, don't you just like not have to practice anymore? And you said, no, absolutely, I've <laughs> got to absolutely practice all the time. So yeah, absolutely, man. Good, good questions we're getting here. And uh, somebody asked Marcos Mello. And again, my apologies if I mispronounce anybody's name here. He asked, uh, are you going to release any special edition, like Japan edition, or, or any bonus tracks kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that or not. Um, there, <laughs> let's, let's just say we have a lot of our songs recorded, and <laughs> some of them I can't believe aren't on this record. It's like, it's crazy to me. Um, but there's, mm -hmm. a I heard Jonathan say this in another interview, so I think I can mention it. But um, we actually did a couple more covers. Um, someday I think we're going to release a Corn covers record because we have so much fun doing songs that we really love um, that we're up to probably, I don't know, seven or eight tunes now we've tracked. And there are people are going to be blown away when they see what we've covered. It's not the typical, like, 
oh, they're they're a you know hard rock metal band. They're gonna track this or rec- you know re-record. There's some wacky things that got tracked, and uh, I can't wait for people to hear this. So I'm hoping in the next few years that these are gonna come out. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll say for now. <laughs> a little corn kiss cover uh, record. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I yep. think that's what we're looking for. Uh, I'm sure all of it will be priceless material. Uh, a gal named Amy Belinda C. Uh, asked, you know, she says loyal fans wouldn't listen to the leaked album. She wants to know how the band feels about albums leaking in this particular album. You know, it's it's weird. There's a lot of, <laughs> it's crazy to me. There's sites out there that's like leak of the week, leak of the month. It's like, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Like it, it's just the world we live in and it's unfortunate. I think the fans that, the quality fans that really support the band and love the band and have, have been there with us and been with corn since the beginning and me since I've got the gig will purchase it. I know uh, a couple of my friends that have sort of pre-ordered five copies and they give them out to their friends or they pre-ordered one for their cousin, Larry in Iowa. And they, you know what I mean? That's, those are the loyal diehard fans that mm-hmm. won't sit there and spread the leak around there. Of course you're going to have in a world we live in with Apple music, the Spotify's and Amazon music and all these, there's so many sites now that provide people with uh, quote free music for a small fee a month. Uh, a lot of these people don't think it's a big deal. You know, um, I'm old school cause we're all in our later forties. We're not 22 anymore. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our heads, it's like, how dare you? You know, we worked our balls off for this Buy it. But I understand too, that these kids, a lot of the younger generation don't really think they're doing anything wrong. So uh, I'm not going to sit here and yell at people, but it's, I think it's very wrong to put it on a site and, and announce that, Hey, I got the leak. That's, that's just, man, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's hard. And this has all been going on a long time. I mean, we look back to yeah. Lars and Metallica. He went before Congress Napster. and this whole Napster, that whole deal. And some people yep. were mad at Lars. Hey, we're fans. And we just want to hear, we already, some of them bought the albums. I bought all those albums and stuff. Hey, here's the thing. You know, I first learned this when I was in army of anyone and I'll never forget. I was standing outside in uh, I forget what town it was, but um, th- I'm standing out there in the rain. I'm always the last guy signing everything. I'm always that guy that, that's just, I feel bad. If, there, if someone's going to wait out there for my autograph, I'm not going to blow them off, you know? And so Great. I go outside and this dude's in an umbrella. He's got an army of anyone shirt on. He's got one of my sticks. He's got the t-shirt on, you know, the whole, and, and then he goes, Hey man, can you sign this? And I'm like, sure. And I looked over and it was a CDR which is a blank CD. <laughs> and it, it had army of anyone written in a Sharpie. And I'm like, Hey, you want me to sign this, but you, you ripped it. And he's like, well, yeah, but I'm here. I'm at your show and I bought a t-shirt and I bu- I'm going to go to another show. Uh, yeah. I go, yeah, but our record's nine 99. It's 10 bucks, man. You could, we worked four and a half months on it. You could. And I started getting in his face about it, you know, cause this is the first time <laughs> I've ever discovered leaking and ripping and yeah. all and and the Robert the bass player come out and goes, Hey man, take it easy. And I'm like, Well, I just don't understand. Like what and it was he's looking at me like, Hey dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, you mm. know, but to me I just didn't think ten dollars was too much to ask for all the work we put into the record, you know, but there you go. Well, that's an interesting perspective and uh it's good for everyone to hear that too. But yes, yes, for those who aren't professionally recording and touring with uh, any sort of musician, band, whatever it might be, uh, I think it's it's worth getting into everyone's head, so to speak, on the music side to realize the work that goes into it. 
Uh, I mean, even the, the KXM record uh, that's coming out, Circle of Dolls, this uh, Rat Pack Records, they're so passionate about what they do. And sure, it's a smaller label. It's not as, you know, it's not going to sell as many corn as corn does, but they're so cool about being old school. They're releasing it on vinyl and cassette. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's like pushing it because I have many records and I love playing, you know, vinyl, but um, I asked the guy, I says, how many cassette orders have you got? He goes, you'd be surprised how many hundreds of cassette orders we got. And I was like, I, cause I, I don't even have a cassette player anymore. You know, so, <laughs> so good, good on him. You know? Yeah, that's, that's good. And as far as us talking here in these fan questions, we're going to jump around a little bit. There's going to be shifting gears because uh, people have different kinds of questions. There's a gentleman named Robert Sear. Again, uh, my apologies if I mispronounced that. But he's asking, and he says he's a drummer too. What is your favorite double bass technique? Is it floating, swivel, ankle, flat foot? And I think I know what you use. And uh, also, uh, what do you get more into playing, the older or the newer corn songs? That's kind of a twofold question. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, without getting too drum geeky with this, um, I play in Doc Martens every show. Yeah. I have since the first David Lee Roth show. Um, I used to really, I still do, look up to Terry Bozio a lot, and he always plays in boots. Yeah. And I was like, wonder, I wonder about my foot technique. I sit really high and weird. Not a lot of drummers sit as high and, and strange as I do, but I just feel like I have more control over the drums and. I have to have boots on. I did two corn shows in tennis shoes because I left my boots at the hotel room and they were two of my weakest gigs I've ever played. And I don't know <laughs> if it's a mental thing or what, but so I'm always yeah. the balls of my feet um, and my heels always up because corn's, like I said, it's, it's pretty heavy, intense gig. I like to give it all I got. So I'm hitting full strokes and I'm hitting, you know, full with my leg as well. So it's about three quarters of the way up the balls of my feet. And they're all, there's not too much sliding going on in corn. Um, if I'm doing a more fusion-y kind of instrumental gig that's a little bit lighter hitting, I will swivel a little bit. I got, I kick my heels out a little bit to get more um, faster doubles and things like that. But as far as corn goes, it's it's balls of the walls all the way. Yeah, great. And on, on that note, you talk about fusion-y and so on. Do you play, enjoy playing other styles of music? I mean, I know you as a w- very versatile musician, and some people may not realize as far as jazz and fusion, other yeah. things. What else do you enjoy I playing? Yeah, I, I really do. I, I love, um, I had, a, had an instrumental trio band called the Hideous Sun Demons, and um, mm-hmm. we used to do from, from jazz to Latin to fusion to everything, and it, we just had fun with it. Um, I always tell people, open open your mind and listen to other styles of music. Don't pinpoint. If you're a metal head, go listen to a jazz record or, or go check out a symphony orchestra. There's so much amazing music out there. And, you know, it's a big challenge of mine. When I was a teacher at Musicians Institute, it would kick my butt constantly because I'd be, I'd fill in for a basic jazz class or a Latin class and just playing bossa novas and getting the feel and, it's wow there's so much to learn you know i really got my ass handed to me when i went there and started teaching there so yeah you know as you know yeah and and that was by the way kathy russell asked that and another person sean powers asked how you plan each song out do you play a song over and over until something feels and sounds good or do you kind of plan beforehand before you jump into the song i mean i know from band experience a lot of times you just kind of rocking out and jamming and feeling it out but go ahead what do you think 
I've been learning songs since my since I was five years old. I used to just play the records over and over and over again. So I'm really good at memorizing things. Um, if people give me a chart and they give me a CD of the record, I almost always listen to it because I have a really good memory. Uh, um, I can I can recall a 13 minute long song that has many different changes. I don't know why that is. I think just because the muscle memory I have since I was a kid. But yeah. Um, that's what I mostly do. It's a mental thing, mental preparation. There's a movie soundtrack I played on called Repo, the genetic opera. And it's a really, it's like a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of movie. And a lot of the songs are straightforward, but there's a lot of kooky stuff going on in there. And I memorized everything on that. I didn't, I didn't have to um, read a chart for one of those. And the director was laughing. He's like, there's no way you could memorize this. And I'm like, just give me the CD. And And he did. And I, memorize it so um it's a mental thing for me if it's if it's stuff i need to figure out you know orchestrally on the drums then obviously i need to sit there and shed with it for a while like we're getting ready to play cold um the new corn single at um the record release party on friday and i'm um i just went in my studio right before i got on the phone with you and was playing along with it and i was like wow i haven't played it since we recorded it Mm. and uh even my own stuff, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, how'd I do this again? Did I use my right foot or left foot? And so just <laughs> mental preparation like that. And, um, you know, so I can get the maximum power and, and, uh, efficiency out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, shifting gears here and thanks for these answers. Uh, guy named at Eric Lopez 22 on Instagram asked, he says, I know this would never happen, but would you consider doing a head-to-head battle with David Silveria? <laughs> kind of <laughs> how Monkey and Head go back and forth on stage. I know it's rare for bands to have two drummers. I don't know what you... I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that guy, but um, <laughs> I have gone <laughs> head-to-head with uh, other drummers. There's, there's a YouTube video of uh, Marco Minimum. As everybody knows, he's a phenomenal drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, they We did the same festival one time, and we... Uh, they said, would you guys do something if we just faced your kits together? And I was like, what are we going to do? And, uh, and Marco goes, hey, I know you play with David Lee Roth. I'm a huge Van Halen freak. Let's do Hopper Teacher from the beginning to the end. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and with no guitars? He's like, no guitars. Me and you will sing it and just play it. And I'll be damned. We did it. No rehearsals. Start to finish. And uh, I've got to say, we, we pretty much nailed it. you got to check it out. So just type in Ray Luzier, Marco Minimum online, and you'll see that. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. And, and uh, on the on the topic of touring, by the way, a whole bunch of people ask all kinds of different things. I could list names here, but uh, uh, a gal named Jenny Lang. If you what, what kind of tour are we looking at? And a bunch of people asking about Europe, Brazil, uh, the U.K. in general, Washington and Oregon. <laughs> Yeah, what are I we mean, looking at? We, like I said, we had a blast on this Allison Chains tour. I wish we could have covered the planet with this lineup. It was just such a yeah an amazing yeah. tour. Every no egos, attitudes. We everyone came to work with smiles on their faces every day. The crew just knocked it out of the park every day, and the fans when they left there just had just smile. You went to the Albuquerque show, you know, you know. Absolutely. Um, I wish we could have taken this all over the world, and, and there's. It could happen, you know, again with Allison Chains, but I know we're planning some big things in 2020. Because, um, like I said, this record's just going to be coming out, and we have a lo- lot of territories to cover. The cool thing about Corn is, you know, a lot of bands just go to Europe and, and Japan and a couple places in Canada. When Corn says world tour, you know, <laughs> the first tour I did with them in 08, we did 36 countries in four and a half months. So, 
not states, countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. So that's... I mean, how many bands go to South Africa and, and and Dubai and all those places? So I'm hoping we really uh, cover a lot of territory in 20 and 21. Well, and I think that says a lot about Corn's both work ethic and just the grand scope of fans globally that exist for this uh, this band and. And so that's exciting. And uh, so some of those answers will come. Everyone's got to stay tuned and watch the corn social media feeds and website and yep. so on. <laughs> and these answers yep. will come on touring. Uh, a gal named, again, forgive my pronunciation, Rhiannon Straka at, uh, on Instagram says, what's the funniest thing that happened on this tour? Is there any kind of funny stories or anything you want to share? And and also, uh, how many sticks did you break? <laughs> how many sticks did I break? Oh, wow. Uh, people, a lot of them have the souvenirs in their homes right now because I throw a lot out at night. Um, <laughs> um, and, and I'll drop my signature stick while you brought that up. I have a, a Ray Luzier signature model on Vic Firth, uh, Vic Firth sticks. And yeah. uh, the drummers that know that they're, they're a very legendary um, stick company. And I finally um, got my own SIG stick with them. A very proud of it you can get it at most guitar centers and some mom and pop shops it's getting out there more slowly but um uh yeah so i i don't break many with them you know a lot of drum companies to go through you know a lot of drummers go through a lot of sticks but vic birth makes them so good that um they're just mostly warped by the time i get done playing <laughs> yeah and what was the first question of that? well there, there was anything funny on this tour any uh funny oh, stories yeah. anything um, we called it the bus two because there's we had three buses out on this tour and the bus two you know we would laugh because I'd, I'd uh, go over to John's bus and I'm like man it's so quiet over here and he's like oh it's quiet all the time they just play video games in the back and <laughs> he had his kids out and it was just so chill you go to our bus with head monkey fieldy and we had um, our one of the security guards on there Konyo and this guy named Q who's in Stillwell and King's Bounty with Fieldy. Um, um, plays in several bands with him yeah and davy our traveling keyboard dj guy it i tell you what it was non-stop laugh. i had to leave a couple times just because i couldn't my mouth hurt so bad from laughing it's just <laughs> it's non-stop comedy and uh nothing in particular just that chemistry of people were just wow till like 5 a.m every night yeah kind of an energy and and yeah. on that note we talk about alice in chains legendary I've been a huge fan playing my drums and so on with this and covering some of their songs with my band over the years. Uh, how was that touring with such a legendary band like Alice in Chains? Huge. They're, I mean, they're just, they've been, like you said, they've, I remember the first time I saw them at the palace in Hollywood, they opened for extreme that, uh, 80s band. And wow. And I'll tell you what, they were there for three white light bulbs and they come out before man, the box even hit. And I just remember going, this band is unbelievably amazing and I can't wait to hear all their new stuff. And, uh, so I've been a fan since then and it was probably what 91 or something. I don't know when, even when that, before that first record came out. So, um, yeah, just this huge influence on me. I love heavy riffs with harmony, uh, beautiful melodies. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm a huge fan of King's X too. I mean, it's a different vibe than chains, but they have the same thing. Heavy riffs with beautiful melodies over top of it. I've always, that's always been some of my favorite music. Yeah, yeah, great. And our friend on Instagram also, uh, her screen name is sexartgirl93. She says, uh, she's curious when they're getting KXM bundles, they're going to arrive on the release date. I'm guessing not, but I don't know. And also, you know what? 
I, I just got a couple people um, texted me today and DM'd me in my inbox from Instagram uh, showing their pictures with the vinyl. So a bunch of people got them today, which is cool. Oh, great. Well, then that answers that. It's possible. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Now we talk about, again, shifting gears here, corn coffee, a guy named Jarvis Blue Eyes, also on Instagram. Uh, who came up with this idea and how did that all come about? You know, the, I'm so proud of um, us finally doing this. Ever since I got the gig, corn the, the logo is such a brand that it's so in your face when you see that it's Heck so yeah. identifiable and, and, uh, you know, to me, it's like the Nike swoosh and all that, you know what I mean? When you see the corn logo, it's just like, yeah, you know? And, and, yep. uh, I've always wondered like, why, why isn't there like corn flakes and corn coffee with a K and all this, you know, <laughs> stuff. And next thing you know, um, we're at a meeting and we brought it up. We're like, you know, they knew this guy, Jeremy Gersey, who was Tom Cruise's personal barista for over a decade. And he worked with Cameron Diaz and all these giant stars. And wow. uh, you're like, how do you become a personal barista, you know, uh, first in the first place, you know? And so anyway, we partnered up with him. And we talked about doing this. And they said, well, let's talk to a professional that knows what he's doing. Come up with some blends if they're good enough. And so that's what happened. We, you know, he came up with the first dark roast, which I think is some of the best coffee on the planet. There's no bitterness. There's no, the strength is perfect. You can make it in a... French press, it Chemex, anything, and mm -hmm. it comes out just great. Uh, we're releasing a new blend called Wired very soon. Some people know it's in the bundles, um, and then hopefully a breakfast blend down the road. So we're just having fun with it. We're selling a lot. <laughs> We've had some corn coffee parties at the shows uh, on the road. So yeah. um, 10 or 15 contest winners on the radio, and uh, just having fun with it. Great, great. Uh, Javier Valdivia is asking, will you play Coachella in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know that yet, Javier. Okay. We don't know yet. <laughs> We're going to stay tuned, just like all this other tour stuff. Yeah. Uh, a guy named uh, Sean Ryan, who says he's from Omaha. Uh, I guess maybe he met you there or something. I'm not sure. But uh, he says, your drumming is not only powerful and unique, how is it that you manage to stay away from such a traditional hi-hat snare kick beat as opposed to these musical beats you do with the toms and voicing around the drums? You keep up with uh, the riffs and so on. How, how is it that you, is this just I something that flows that. Yeah, from that, you? That means a lot that you you uh, heard my playing that deeply because I try not to. Sometimes it just calls you know for a Phil Rudd just straight ahead kicks an air hat and and that's great. He's one of my favorite drummers of all time. But there's a funkiness in it, and as everyone knows, a hip hop kind of beats uh, to to Korn's music, and it's it's you have to there's clever ways to, to insert toms and, and put a bell here and there just to make it a little bit more um, jazzier and ear candy, you know, to make it a little funky. So um, I had a really good time on the new record doing that too. Um, Rascal Lennox was really adamant about me coming up with some clever grooves and um, yeah, it's, it's, I had a lot of fun with that. Even the, the new KXM, I do a lot of um, really intricate beats and there's no producers on that record. So it's, it's a hundred percent me. Um, on that record, uh, the last three records actually with KXM because it's pretty cool when when someone uh, and I love Nick he gives me great suggestions but mm -hmm. it's really cool when there's no one telling you what to do and it's 100 percent you so um, it's interesting yeah yeah and, and you already answered uh, Victoria Boston asked your favorite album this the nothing is your favorite album so far right I think so man it's like I mean I'm really proud of Serenity of Suffering I, was, I think there's some really great stuff on there and uh, there's just something about the entire package of the nothing um, like i said from start to finish there, there's nothing i want to fast forward or, or 
you know, there's always those tracks on records and some of my favorite bands, I'm like, ah, this one could have, they could have probably done without her. And that's just my opinion. And that, but that's, what's great about music. If, if it all sounded the same, it would be boring. So that's why everyone's got their opinions. And, and, uh, but to me personally, I love it from start to finish. I can't, I can't stop it once it starts. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that personally, I've always wondered, are, is Ray Luzier uh, and even Jonathan, are we ever going to have nicknames like Head, Monkey, Fieldy? <laughs> what are we going to call Ray? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be Gimpy. No. <laughs> well, uh, uh, if you want. No, um, I'm not sure. I think uh, Ray's going to be, that's just going to be me. <laughs> Somebody on here called you Drum Killer, so maybe we'll throw that in. But well, that's, that's the... well, I, 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 I kill drums, but I'm not a killer. <laughs> You're killing a lot of trees, killing all these, yes. breaking all these sticks. And yeah. uh, so <laughs> we need to do some sort of benefit there. Uh, okay. So, well, on the, I know that you got to go here pretty quick. And we, again, we could talk for hours and we'll get together again here. But uh, anything else you want to say to the fans or regarding the album or, uh, you know, on any topic here? These fans are just great, great, dedicated folks. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd like to, first of all, so, Huge thanks to all the fans that uh, supported me, and and uh, and I know it's especially with the corn fans. I know it's a lot to accept a new guy, and even after 13 years, I'm not the new guy uh, by far anymore. But I understand that's a big change, and I, you know, me myself, when I see a band uh, get a new member in it, I don't, I want to see the original guys, and I get it. But you know, if it wasn't me, it would be someone else. You know, this band would live on. You know, um, the original guy lost his heart in the band and didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm fortunate enough that I got the gig and um, that the fans took me on and believed in me. It took some of them a long time, and that's fine. You know, it's uh, um, I get it, you know. But the, so that's a big thank you to you guys. Thanks for everyone supporting the Nothing and uh, Circle of Dolls, KXM. If you haven't heard KXM yet, give it a try. I mean, it's a totally different um, ball game, but... Um, George Lynch and Doug Pinnock are massive legends in this business and uh, I'm just so grateful to be in a band with them and uh, call them my brothers now you know it's weird when you listen to someone you look up to them as as musicians and then you meet them and you're like wow we we could actually put a band together and put music out and <laughs> keep making music and uh, uh, we're, we're threatening to put a couple dates together for KXM hopefully awesome. by the end of the year so um to uh, all the KXM fans that are like, when are you going to tour? This is the third record with not one live show. We're actually talking about it now. So definitely stay tuned on the KXM official Instagram Absolutely. and um, my my Instagram page too, which is Ray Luzier Corn. Yeah. And, and so again, Circle of Dolls from KXM and The Nothing from Corn, both coming out this Friday the 13th. My goodness gracious. Uh, this is so exciting. And Ray Luzier, couldn't thank you enough for your time and answers and sorry for any of the questions we didn't get to. Uh, we'll get to some of those next time, perhaps I'll keep note. Uh, yeah. but, uh, thank you as always. And to our audience, power yourself and power the world around you. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for having me again. Thanks so much for listening to empower humans. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review this podcast for more great content and to stay up to date, visit empowerhumans.com. We'll catch you next time.